the Driven Women's Guide to Love, Life, and Business. Hosted by the boss ladies Alex and Gabby. Combined, their network gathers an array of women from various industries who exemplify strength and tenacity. Their fun and positive approach to life will awaken the boss in you. You're listening to Girls Gone Boss. Hello, and welcome to another episode of Girls Gone Boss. I am your host, Alex, and we are switching things up today. Gabby is out, but she'll be back with me next week. Today, I had the pleasure of speaking with a true pioneer in the female leadership advancement, Dr. Kimberly Clay. She is the founder of Play Like a Girl, a nonprofit organization working to level the playing field for girls by leveraging skills gained from sports and propelling them into male-dominated careers in science, technology, engineering, and mathematics. I really hope you guys enjoy this episode as much as I did. Dr. Kimberly Clay, how are you today? I am so good. There's sun shining outdoors, and I'm happy to spend my morning with you. Me too. Thank you. So you're in Nashville, huh? I am, and we have good weather for at least now. You Easter know, coming. You know that it's one of my favorite cities to visit. Ah, yeah, well, the you know, food, the people, the, the everything. The, yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, I love it there. Yeah, we love it here as well. This is not home, home for us. Mm-hmm. It's the closest we ever want to go home. Um, my husband and I are from North Mississippi, right outside of Memphis, and. Um, we knew we needed at least a driver's length distance uh, from home. <laughs> okay, I like that. That's a great city to be in, though. So, yeah. Dr. Kimberly Clay, I think that what you're doing is so important. You're breaking boundaries. You're using your voice to advocate for the future of these young women. And I'd like to kick it off by you telling us a little bit more about your background, where you grew up, what you do today. So you're from Mississippi originally? Yeah, I'm from small town Mississippi, a little town called Batesville. Um, We are fortunate in that we are actually off I-55 South, um, which is between Memphis and Jackson, Mississippi. So people might know us that way. Or uh, Ole Miss, the University of Mississippi is in our backyard. Oh, yeah. uh, Next neighboring city, Oxford. So a really small town. You know, for me, I didn't grow up with the opportunity to really participate in sport. Uh, There was not many organized sports uh, in our school system at the time. And believe it or not, growing up in the late 80s and 90s, and even still today, uh, we actually still had a black and white park. So the access to equal and quality uh, play opportunities uh, were not there for us, uh, not the same as some of our counterparts in our, our small town. So um, my education and uh, my love of music and arts writing is what got me out of my small town. And I love it. And I credit it, you know, certainly for my life and success. But I knew it wasn't where I wanted to settle. Uh, so I left to go to college at, at Xavier University of Louisiana in New Orleans, uh, where I, I believe life you know, really changed for me. That's where I came to know more of myself, um, what I believe, what you know, my faith belief would be to guide my life. I met my husband. And uh, in fact, I have a, my oldest child is a freshman at Xavier this year. So it's a full circle moment for me. Uh, and so that led to me, you know, going on to do a master's training in public health and social work. 
subsequently landing a job at the Centers for Disease Control, uh, which is where I started my career. Uh, and I continued on, got my PhD along the way while my husband, who was a physician, uh, finished up training in pediatric cardiac intensive care. And uh, I returned to the classroom as a university professor and cancer researcher, um, which is kind of ironic because my first experience in healthcare uh, was with my brother who was diagnosed as seven years old uh, with a childhood cancer, a rare cancer at that time. Uh, and he didn't survive. He died at age nine. He was a, Saint Ju a patient at St. Jude in Memphis, not far from home. So um, it is, it's, for me, life has not been a straight line um, path to where I am, uh, but it's been certainly every pit stop along the way was purposeful and necessary. And that's a huge message uh, that we share with our girls and certainly we'll be sharing with the women participating in our leadership summit next week. Yeah, I'm so excited for your summit. So tell me exactly what actually led you to establishing Play Like a Girl. Because what yeah, I've heard is that it, it started off by being a school project. Yeah, it was a classroom project for my PhD program. Um, part of our study uh, in, in community health, which is the area of focus for my degree, uh, is developing community-based um, prevention and disease prevention and control programs. So um, we had an assignment to create an intervention uh, and to simulate it or run it in our community. And Play Like a Girl was my answer to that. And uh, ironic as it can be, it really took off um, kind of on its own. Uh, moms and girls who were the target at the time uh, really resonated with the program and what we were trying to do. Um, we were really focused on a combination of education and entertainment. So we would use entertainment or social networking uh, as the platform to garner attention and visibility for the event. And once people got there, we would screen them and educate them for chronic diseases like cancer, breast, uh, breast cancer, cervical cancer in particular, heart disease. And ultimately, we, we did a lot of work in HIV AIDS um, before ending the, the health focus of our program. So um, it was not my intention beyond a single event, uh, but it lived on in that iteration for about six years um, with very strong programs occurring three times a year. I'd moved on uh, to another state uh, and, and would come back for media and appearances and events uh, as really the spokesperson, but it was really run on the backs and shoulders of women volunteers, which is again, I think a prelude to what we now are experiencing with Play Like a Girl 16 years later. Um, many people have no idea, especially after, you know, you experiencing Sarah Fuller, the woman, you know, kicker with the Vanderbilt football team, uh, you know, wear play like a girl in the back of her helmet. You go to our website. It's fabulous. You check out our social media. It's amazing. But you have no idea that there are two people, only two people, myself and an administrative assistant on the other side of that screen, doing the actual work, touching the lives of girls. You know, I, th through doing research and looking through your website and speaking to Hannah and some of the, uh, Channing, some of the other ladies that, that, that are with you, um, I, I was very, I, and I told this to Gabby, I was so impressed with mm -hmm. your press kit, your website, all the readily information that you have on there. 
it mm. it seems like you have a huge team behind you. <laughs> so I commend well, you ladies for yeah. that. Well, I, I credit, and my point to that too was I credit the volunteers, right? We still operate with a 13-person volunteer board of directors. We have an amazing graphic designer who happens to be in Miami, uh, George Etienne with 84studios.net. He is amazing. We've worked together for years. So it's almost like we're lock and step now. I can yeah. pretty much tell him what I want, and it happens on the first try. He knows your vision now. Yeah, yeah. And then it's just, you know, again, committed women, uh, in particular, uh, women professionals across the country who are, you know, chipping in a little time here and there uh, in volunteer roles as mentors and coaches and role models to our girls. Um, so, yeah, we couldn't do all of it, probably any of it, just the two of us, Hannah and me. Uh, and, and again, I think so important to that story is, you know, Hannah didn't come on to our team until year 14 and a half, just before COVID. Wow. And it was, yeah, it was for me so important as an organization by women for women that we not abandon her during a very difficult time. She had taken a risk by leaving her job and coming to nonprofit. And I wanted to maintain her job through, um, you know, the pandemic. And I am just thrilled every single day she shows up because we're able to continue, you know, paying her and keeping her engaged uh, as, as, as a vital team member. Um, because, you know, I've done it 10 years now without pay or compensation. It's, it's my calling. It's what I'm drawn to do. And I'm fortunate to have arrived at a place in my career in life where, uh, the financial part is not as burdensome if I were like Hannah at the beginning of my career. Uh, so again, we live what we talk. You know, it is it's not just about, you know, putting our values on that press page. It is truly living those values out. And we we value the work that we do with women. Um, and so supporting women in every way that we can, making sure every vendor that we do business with everywhere possible is a woman. Th those are things that are critical to who we are. That's beautiful. And, and it really is a testament to the dedication and the passion that you guys have to propel these women into to further their careers beyond mm -hmm. just being a nurse or a teacher. Not that there's anything wrong with yeah. any of those careers, but we yeah. don't see that many girls going into STEM. But yeah. I want to go back a little bit to Sarah Fuller. Because she used her flat, her platform, which you spoke about, yeah. to highlight Play Like a Girl. Now, what I'm yeah. interested in knowing is, was she part of your organization? Or how did she even know? Like, that how did that come about? Fabulousness, right, of the story. And, and we have uh, that story told on our, on our website, on our blog. Um, honestly, I was traveling back because I live between Nashville and Dallas. Um, and so I was traveling back from Dallas to Nashville after Thanksgiving. And I got a text message from a board member and I didn't know what she was talking about. I got on the flight and I came home. <laughs> and once I got um, off the plane in BNA airport, like my phone was blowing up because by that point, you know, an hour and a half or more had passed. Um, and so it was new information and shocking to me. And so ultimately, of course, um, I inquired, DM'd her, uh, Sarah Fuller. Uh, to figure out what this was about. Um, and she informed me that she actually had 
learned about Play Like a Girl during her internship program. We actually have a partnership with the Vanderbilt Student Athlete Internship Program where we take Vanderbilt athletes um, and host them as interns um, each semester. And she had interest several years ago uh, in her, you know, matriculation at Vanderbilt of uh, interning with us, but actually opted not to do so, but always wanted to somehow be connected to our mission and the work that we were doing. And just thought on her own, not even, I think, not even realizing how the big impact moment, yeah. yes, that it would be. And so part of my messaging with that blog and, you know, some other things that we've shared since then is just the power of one, right? The power of just a single gesture, um, to pay it forward to a girl in your life, a woman in your life, you know, as I mentioned, you know, being intentional about hiring women, you know, a, a very close friend of mine out of New York City, Kelsey Trainer, right now, she's running uh, a campaign with uh, a, a t-shirt line that really speaks to that whole message about hiring women and paying women and making sure that one, we're intentional, but we're also equal, right? and equitable in doing so. And I think it's such an important message. You know, women are worth the investment. And, you know, Sarah certainly demonstrated and illustrated that with that single, um, you know, again, selfless act, um, selfless gesture of taking play like a girl in a, on a small little sticker and a social post on her helmet to the field uh, and elevating the visibility of our organization. I can't thank her enough. Yeah, and, and taking her own milestone moment, her yes. own highlight moment to highlight yes. you guys. That's amazing. So yeah. what programs does your organization offer? Because I know that you have a lot of different programs. Can you explain to yeah. us exactly what that is? Yeah, so uh, pre-COVID, you know, we now talk A, A B, and BC. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> COVID. So uh, pre-COVID, um, and we hope to return to that structure, we actually um, engage our girls over the course of their middle school experience because uh, as girls transition into high school, they're twice as likely as boys to drop out of sport and similarly uh, to lose interest in science, technology, engineering, and mathematics. So we squarely focus on um, intervening with girls during that pivotal um, fifth through eighth grade um, period of, of schooling. So we start with a girl with her pre-fifth grade summer um, with summer camp. She repeats the summer camp with us and then she kind of graduates up to our second program, which are Play Like a Girl Clubs, which run in after school in five of our, our uh, partner schools in metropolitan New, uh, Nashville public schools. And uh, over the course of those four years, she also gets the opportunity to engage in sports clinics that we host in partnership with our local national teams, uh, as well as our collegiate teams as well. Uh, and then by ninth grade, you know, our hope is that she is, uh, you know, fit and ready and competitive uh, and confident to go into her high school years, you know, blazing uh, in terms of ongoing sport participation, but also our academic performance as well. But during COVID, you know, it's been unique for all of us. We had to pivot um, as well, you know, try to find a way that we could implement and deliver programming in the virtual world. Um, and that's kind of our theme, even for the Women's uh, Leadership Summit next week, you know, new rules for, for the new world, because 
you know, everything has changed in this moment. And so what we decided to do was to pivot back to mentoring, which is something we'd done years ago and really worked well for us. So we partnered with LinkedIn and um, were donated about about $12,000 in sponsored ads and uh, LinkedIn um, DMs that allowed us to target and recruit women in STEM and other professions uh, all across the country, you know, from the Bay Area to New York to Dallas uh, and back up here in, in the Southeast. And we have 1,700 women mentors uh, in our network now. Uh, and so we are running a 12-week mentoring program uh, with a number of those women matched to uh, girls uh, who are both in Nashville, that's the beauty of COVID now, and across the U.S. Uh, so, you know, we are now serving more girls beyond um, our, our footprint here, which we were doing uh, before, but specifically and strategically through, you know, partnerships uh, with other brands like our friends at the San Francisco 49ers EDU, uh, where we, you know, went out and, and actually co-sponsored a STEM hackathon with uh, girls out in the Bay Area as well. And then we work with like the NFL flag and their national championships down in Orlando just before everything shut down uh, with the Pro Bowl. So now we're able to do more of it uh, via Zoom which is the platform that we use for our program. Uh, so we are continuing to work and bring in new corporate partners. Uh, Money Lion just uh, announced a partnership with us as well as Peretta Autosport to introduce FinTech and motorsports uh, to our girls. So we're super excited to uh, educate our girls around financial literacy and you know, have them start to build some technology in this finance space um, so that they get you know, the beauty of both the financial and the technology piece, uh, and then take them out on a racetrack and, you know, learn about the power of women in the driver's seat, but not just in the driver's seat, but under the hood and in the front office and all of the other elements that make motorsports run. So, um, yeah, we've got a lot of things going on. It's going to be a busy couple of months, especially as we look to reintroduce live in-person programming with our girls over the next several months. And, and for those listening that have um, young daughters, the importance of sports, right? Yeah. It, yeah. it gives you leadership, confidence, sportsmanship yeah. for your future. And that's what I think yeah. a lot of parents might not realize, that all those things are so key in being successful later in life. Yeah. Now yeah. I know so, I, I know that in your that in your website um, there was a study I think right can you talk yeah. to us about that Yeah so that was just what I was going to highlight so one of our big partners in the last several years has been ESPNW uh, and each year in October they convene a private event invitation only event for elite female athletes and their teams and Playoff Girl happened to be uh, celebrated and recognized in 2014 and have since been kind of engrafted into this, this community of, of women. And a couple of years uh, ago, I think about 2015, 2016, uh, ESPNW and Ernst & Young actually conducted a global study with women executives uh, across the world, um, looking at the role of sport in their lives as women in their careers, right? Business women. Uh, and 
What was remarkable about this study is that the study found that 94% of women in the C-suite, meaning leaders of, of companies every size across the world, 94% of them participated and actively engaged in sport at some point in their life. 56% of them were active through college. So they played a co collegiate sport. That for us was the transforming moment for Play Like a Girl because prior to that, we were solely focusing on the physical activity element of sport engagement for the health benefit. Because again, that's how we started. But with that particular study, it completely revolutionized the way we thought about the work that we were doing and how we could leverage sport to benefit girls, not just today, but to your point, over the course of their lifespan. And so now, you know, with our Play Like a Girl principles, which is, you know, largely confidence building based, um, which drives our weekly interventions with the girls, we've even brought, you know, the, the um, you know, we brought it closer in for them and really focusing too on building 21st century skills, right, for the classroom. Because unless they learn and develop the confidence, leadership and teamwork ability, now for working in their spaces as students and as athletes for those who are actively involved in a sport, they won't be able to even apply those skills later in life. Uh, but what we did learn too in the ESPN and Ernst & Young study is that those 94% of women in the C-suite, they attributed sport to their leadership and their ability to excel in their careers and when they had decisions uh, to make around hiring, they also hired other women who engaged in sport. So, you know, there's no magic bullet, you know, to sport. But what we know is that there are natural properties, natural benefits to sport participation, which we've highlighted in this conversation. And so if a girl can develop that skill set, over time and be nurtured and mentored in the way that we've been doing, really exposing her to the varied opportunities and career um, that, again, she may not otherwise know is available to her. Uh, we believe that it will position our girls to not only get to the C-suite, but really be aspirational and transformational leaders in those C-suite positions. And what, what can we do as parents um, to spark our daughter's imaginations and that potential? What, what can we do? Yeah, so another good friend of ours, uh, Barbie. <laughs> um, Mattel has done an awesome work, uh, job in the recent years uh, highlighting what they now know as a part of their uh, Dream Gap research, which shows that girls start to um, speak aloud and live up to, you know, self-limiting beliefs about what they can do as early as five, six years old. And what their research has pointed to is that a lot of it is, of course, informed by social norm and, you know, gender stereotypes uh, and all of that. But really critical, and this is why it's so important that Mattel and the Barbie brand are leading this, this charge, is that central to is how parents message to girls versus boys. How many times do you see a girl with a tonky, Tonka truck or tinkling with, you know, a coding 
um, you know, type of toy as opposed to a Barbie doll um, in, in the traditional sense, right? So to have the Barbie say as a brand, one, we're going to rebrand how girls see Barbie. So Barbie is no longer this swimsuit, you know, fine, you know, finessed um, white girl, right? Um, with blonde hair and all of the things. But now Barbie has been diversified to represent every girl on the spectrum um, and so that every girl can see herself, but also to represent those careers uh, where girls are underrepresented. So I, I love the fact that they have kind of taken the leadership role in this work. But it's also not only what we do in terms of, you know, purchasing, you know, toys and messaging in that way to our children, but I think also how we speak to our girls. Uh, often, you know, we don't reaffirm aptitude and ability around math and science with our girls, you know, like we do our boys. The expectation is not often set and communicated in the same way. So I think that there's an opportunity to really reprogram and reimagine how we speak to our daughters uh, and the girls in our life uh, about their ability, whether they currently have the ability or they possess the potential to have the ability. That, that's the, the real important piece. Our mission is about helping a girl realize the potential she doesn't even know she has. And often that is the challenge, is that before she even realizes that she has the potential, we snuff it out of her and give her a complete other set of options uh, and, and redirect girls in that way. So I think it is, you know, re setting new expectations, you know, about what our girls have the ability to do. I mean, girls are breaking glass ceilings everywhere and in every facet of life. So why don't we think they could be, you know, trendsetters and Nobel Peace Prize winners and, you know, poet laureates and all of the things, right? Um, including what? Your first vice president of the United States. Um, we know now it's possible. And I think our work now is to ensure that um, this is not the last generation of first, that our girls, you know, are setting the standard, but we expect it for but every we, other Right, girl. but we have to show them that girls that look like them, right, yes. can yes. also be that. Because if yeah. they don't have an example, they're not going to know that all they're going to know is Barbie playing house. So, yeah, yeah that's which is so why important. role models and mentorship is so, so mm -hmm. critical, you know. Um, which again, it's, it's the blessing I think that COVID has given us just as a reminder, uh, and going back to, to mentoring, it has been huge for us and huge for the girls, which is why we are taking that same model next week and, you know, offering it as an option for women in their careers, every age and stage, women will have the opportunity to bid on, you know, highly coveted once in a lifetime opportunities to be mentored by some of the folks in business and music and entertainment that they aspire to be like. Uh, and so, you know, it's, I think, a unique opportunity for uh, women to also be mentored. And the beauty of that uh, executive auction that we built into that event is that every dollar raised actually provides a scholarship to a girl in our program to ensure that she can afford to participate at no cost to her family. And that's you. I love that. But you know what? We're talking about um, inspiring these young girls, but you've been instrumental in all of this, right? You are the one that started this. Yes, you have 
uh, uh, you have women that volunteers that help that that help you spread the word. But I want to know what actually inspires you. Is there someone in particular, a female out there that truly has inspired you? Yeah. So one in particular uh, is our keynote speaker next week, <laughs> believe it or not, um, Marari Simeon, uh, who is uh, head of HR. She's a Latina woman uh, out of Dallas. She's head of HR for PepsiCo. Um, Rari and I connected years ago when I lived in Dallas and we had programming running in Dallas. Uh, and honestly, during that moment of, of transition and transformation for us as an organization, uh, as we kind of moved from an event-based organization to more uh, after-school uh, and intentional camp programs for girls. Um, Marari, for me, has always been inspirational because she, one, is a straight shooter in terms of her position with her faith. I grew up a church girl. Um, I was a pianist in my church. My godfather was the pastor. And it happens that I married a pianist in his church <laughs> whose grandfather was a pastor. Oh, wow. So our faith has been so central to who we are. And it really speaks to and guides every decision that we make. And so as I alluded earlier, for me, the work that I do at Play Like a Girl, while it wasn't intentionally set out or planned, it is what I now know as my calling. Mm -hmm. It is the, the work that God purposed in the earth for me to do. Uh, so as many times as I've wanted to end it all and move on and do something different, um, I couldn't. It's hard to not do that which you know you've been assigned to do. Um, and so Marari has been a constant reminder to me that my faith being my North Star is, is most important in my life and that it's okay to live it out loud. Um, there were times when I wouldn't have gone in the, to this place even in an interview like today, um, but it's Marari who kind of set the example for me. The second piece about Marari is that she has been a strong proponent before diversity, equity, and inclusion was a thing. Um, really highlighting the importance of ensuring that women and people of color were at the table, but not just at the table, but had seats and could bring seats for others to the table and could truly move the needle toward change and transformation within companies. And I think that is a testament you know, to her leadership and how Again, both her living her faith out loud and remaining true to what she believes as a Latina woman, um, you know, really sitting at those tables and ensuring that there are others in the community who are there to join her, uh, what that means to her rise, even in her own career, um, that she's not done it alone, um, but she's been very intentional. And so she has inspired me in, in the sports space, you know, Serena Williams. She's, she's the highlight of, you know, anything sport for me. Um, and, you know, I, I recently shared a story for a, a publication about uh, my aunt. I reflected on my aunt Lynette, who was the candy lady in her neighborhood um, when I was growing up and never thought about it, you know, as a child until literally, or even adult, until I was answering these questions for an interview that um, was, you know, really driven around Women's History Month and how I came to do the work that I'm doing, who had inspired me to be a social entrepreneur in particular. 
And I reflected on Aunt Lynette because what I didn't understand then, and I now understand today, is that she was an entrepreneur. She was ensuring that people's children in the community were safe and taken care of and had something to eat during the summer. Not always the healthiest, (laughs) but it allowed her to peer into their lives to make sure they were where they were supposed to be when they were supposed to be there, you know, so there was a safety element of it as well. Uh, And then it allowed her to also connect and communicate uh, in the role of, uh, you know, an additional parent to some degree, Uh, but instead of the parent, right, in the parent's absence, because a lot of the kids in the neighborhood, their parents were at work during the summer, during the day. And so, uh, you know, just in reflection, how much that meant seeing that as an example, you know, and then, you know, certainly I think my mom, she was the first servant leader I ever saw in my life. And she continues to be this COVID has been like horrific for her because she is a 73 plus year old, you know, mover and shaker who is constantly visiting the sick, you know, feeding the hungry you know, doing her church work, you know, all of the things. She's a retired teacher. So I saw evidence in my home. So it was second nature for us to serve. It was it was not, again, which is why for me it is calling because I, I can't separate the giving spirit from the rest of who I am because what I recognize is that I am a human, you know, having a physical experience, but it is a much broader spiritual experience um, that for me really defines not life just today, but life beyond um, the earth and, you know, what happens in, in, in the afterlife for me. I love, I love everything that you're, you're telling us because we at Girls Gone Boss feel the same way that we were, we're here to service, right? And we want to highlight stories like yours and have our listeners know that Everybody has a purpose out there. You just yeah. have to find your purpose. Yeah. So beautiful. Yeah. So yeah. I'm really excited to hear Marari speak her keynote at yeah. the summit next week. Tell us a little yeah. bit about the summit. When is it? What can we expect? Yeah. So one, I'll you know, definitely encourage folks, if you want to register, there's still time to register at iplaylikeagirl.org. Um, and, you know, the summit came about because we typically have our girls summit um, right about this time. In fact, it was our last event, which we had to pull three days before because of the outbreak uh, of COVID. Mm-hmm. Um, but during this last year, we realized that we had been, you know, constantly getting requests from adult women um, to provide programming opportunities for them. And we had not answered that call. And so this was an opportunity for us to um, do so as we were really looking at, you know, shifting some dates um, with our annual calendar. So now our Girls Summit will be um, during International Day of the Girl in October. And our Women's Summit is during Women's History Month uh, in in March. So we wanted to be timely and relevant, right? We didn't want to just throw together a a Women's Summit um, for the sake of just saying we checked the box and we did it. We wanted to truly hear the voices of women and what women are facing 
um, and, and what challenges in particular women are facing during this moment in time uh, during the pandemic. And so we had unique opportunities through focus groups with our girls and moms uh, to really hear from them. And what we wanted to do was build an, organ, uh, an, an opportunity through this experience that's uniquely for uh, women at all ages and stages of career. So our theme for the, the summit is new rules for a new world. Mm. And that is important because, you know, Morari is going to lead us that day on Friday, March 19th, um, with really setting, um, I think, expectations and grounding us for the day around the topic. Um, you know, taking the long view that, you know, as we've heard some horrific stories of children and adults who have been, you know, taking their lives during this very difficult time, we recognize that people need hope. You know, there's been a lot of darkness, a lot of loss uh, during this time, but there have been glimmers of hope and we want to provide more of that hope. But it's also important to equip people, right, to, to, to help people find those glimmers in their lives where they can. And so that's going to be really the space in which Marari is going to set us up for the day. And then throughout the day, we're going to, you know, really address every topic from, you know, leveraging sport for a career, um, having a sit down, a one on one conversation with uh, athlete um, Amy Bream, who never was considered an athlete, although she participated in sports as a child, but was born missing a leg and uh, in her adulthood has become a boxer and is uh, the general manager for title boxing here in Nashville and just sharing her story. I mean, just when we did our prep call with the speakers, we were already in tears um, because, again, it's been a hard year. And to hear someone's story of triumph, uh, you know, and overcoming, like that's what we need in our lives. Uh, so I'm excited to share her story. And then uh, with our partners at Money Lion and a, a girlfriend of mine, my sorority sister, Dr. Contessa from Bravo's uh, Married to Medicine, um, we will address finance and personal wealth and how we are spending our money and even investing and saving it. Uh, and how we can leverage these times to build wealth as women, believe it or not, uh, even in a challenging time like this. Uh, and then Contessa will take us a little bit deeper into a conversation around health and all of the things that we as women are balancing from caregiving to COVID to kids at home uh, and why self-care is so important. And then we end the day um, with our only two males on, on the program, uh, right after an amazing uh, panel of women uh, in the beauty industry, beauty counter women who have utilized and leveraged uh, that company uh, and their products to build wealth for themselves uh, and actually pivot their careers during COVID. Um, my husband and my mentor, uh, my husband, Mark Clay, Dr. Mark Clay, and then my mentor, Jesse Lovejoy with the San Francisco 49ers, they sit down for an intimate conversation. We get to listen in as they talk about the importance of male allyship, truly showing up for women, truly standing in the gap for women and what that means um, and how men can do it better. Uh, and then we end with uh, training every woman who's registered as a mentor in partnership with Dove and their self-esteem project. 
And the last hour, our girls join the call and those trained mentors get to actually implement with our girls uh, the mentoring training that they've just received. So I'm excited. It's a full circle uh, day. So we empower the women, we train them as mentors, and then we you know, let them pay it forward directly with a girl before they sign off for the day. Wow, that's you have an amazing day ahead of you next Friday. Now, the yeah. attendance is either live in person or virtual, correct? Yeah, so it's a hybrid event, which was intentional for us because we know Reach. about Zoom fatigue, mm -hmm. right? That for us, it was really about the fatigue of sitting on the other side of the screen. We've done it, right? We're over it. We don't want to do it anymore. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so we wanted to create more of an engaging, interactive experience. So um, our virtual attendees will be you know, able to feel like they're in the room. So they'll get to speak directly with speakers on the stage. They, speakers will speak back to them. They'll get, get you know, live question and answers. Um, so it's a unique opportunity. They won't just be seeing folks straight uh, you know, front of screen, but we have multiple cameras. Uh, so we'll be able to show you what's happening in the room from various angles. We have a DJ who's going to be spinning for us. Uh, and just, again, we want it to be a light, fun day. Um, for lunch, we're going to get interactive. We have uh, Music City Cheese, a um, girl who will come and help us build charcuterie boards, which is really hot oh, and fun, fun. now. So that you can enjoy your lunch uh, while making it along with some new friends. It's all about networking and building your community of connections uh, with women across the, the world. Because, yeah, it, it also provides us an opportunity to expand our reach as well. Where are those interested in attending virtually or in person? Where can they register? Yeah, they can register on our website at iplaylikeagirl.org. Um, and, you know, it, it's easy uh, to remember that way. But if you want to go directly to the summit page, it's iplaylikeagirl.org slash summit. So um, everything is there, all the details. Um, if you have girls, that's the other thing. Anybody anywhere in the country can participate. So certainly one hour next Friday at 3 Central, 4 Eastern, you know, uh, if you have a girl in your life who has an hour to spare, it's a great opportunity for her to hop on that call for free and uh, get some vital mentorship from uh, our mentors. And for your listeners in particular, I know that there's a promo code new rules uh, for 25% off for any of the registration options. Uh, so certainly I encourage folks to enter that promo code when they're purchasing uh, their registration online. Yes. And the beauty of podcasting virtually is that this episode will be going live today. So you guys will have that promo code today and we're going to be posting it on our social channels. Now, where can everyone keep up with you and play like a girl? Yeah, at I Play Like a Girl everywhere on social. We're on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, uh, and LinkedIn, which again is very important um, to the work that we do and the women that we uh, reach. So I encourage folks find us on our company page, Play Like a Girl on LinkedIn, but I Play Like a Girl everywhere else on and social for, media. And for those that want to donate or sign up to become a mentor, also on your website that can reach you? Yes, also on our website. There is a drop down list under support. Uh, where the mentorship page is located so they can easily sign up there. And then you can't miss the donate button. We're a nonprofit. It's everywhere. You can't go to a page without seeing it. It's there. Uh, so I encourage, you know, find unique ways to give back. I, I love the fact that you ask about the mentoring because uh, the value of mentoring is perhaps even more 
than that of a dollar amount that you could donate. So I encourage folks to give of their time as well as the treasure. Well, Dr. Kim, it was an absolute pleasure speaking with you and learning more about Play Like a Girl. You are truly, truly a pioneer in the female leadership advancement. And I can speak for all of our listeners and Gabby that we commend you for that. So thank you for all the work that you're doing for your time today. I know it's bright and early for you, but thank you so, so much. Thank you for having me. I, I, I love what you all are doing. Uh, And I appreciate the platform um, because, again, women amplifying the stories of other women, you can't beat anything like that. Of course. Thank Thank you, everyone, for listening. Be sure to check out Play Like a Girl. Go to the summit. It's next Friday, the 19th. And we'll see you next time. Thank you. You're listening to Girls Gone Boss. Hosted by Alex and Gabby. I love you guys. Oh, yeah.